Father God, we just thank you, Lord, that we can focus on you and not on all the things that we're going through, Lord. We can focus on you and not all the trials and tribulations that are on this earth. We just thank you, Lord, that you are above all those things. So when we're in you, we're above all those things. God, we just thank you, Lord, that... We just thank you, Lord, that we are precious to you, that this meeting is precious to you. Precious, you are with us. You are, over, you are making us overcomers as you overcame. We overcome. God, we just thank you for the victory. We just thank you for the victory over our enemies in Jesus' name. That we will not be defeated and we will not be stopped and we will not be sidetracked by the enemy in Jesus' mighty name. We are overcomers. We are victorious in the Lord. God, we stand in you. We keep our eyes on you. We keep looking forward and we refuse to look back. We refuse to slow down, God. We want to proceed at once to the designated place that you have for us, Lord God. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, God. Praise you, God. Praise you, Lord. Praise you. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, Holy Spirit, we just ask you to come in and take over this service. Take over this message, Lord. I pray that everything I say will be what you want, desire me to say. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name, let your will be done in this place as it is done in heaven. I pray that I would be your instrument completely, totally focused on you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, I will give the words that you want me to give. And Lord, prepare us, Lord, as one to receive from you. We cancel every assignment of the enemy. And we say, there's the door. Get out in Jesus' name. Father God, we just thank you that we are on holy ground. We are on holy, holy, holy ground. Because you are with us, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, God. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. So this week, um, George H. Bush, George Sr., Bush died. And I was watching a little bit of the coverage on television about his life. And I just remember everybody saying the same thing over again. He's so nice. He's so nice. He's so nice. He was the nicest president, the most likable president. Kind. And I remembered back to when I was a young woman, girl, I don't know. And I remember thinking to myself when he lost... You know, he went, he got one term and then he lost. And I thought to myself, he's so nice. You know, he's so nice. He seems so gentle. And I remember looking at him and thinking to myself, he seems shocked that he lost. He seemed really shocked. And I thought to myself, who is this Clinton fella? Where did he come from, you know? And I remember thinking to myself, there was something that Clinton had that George Bush Sr. didn't have. And I didn't really understand it back then, but now that I'm looking back, I'm seeing it in the hindsight of Clinton years, Bush years, and Trump years. (laughs) And I'm thinking, okay, that's what happened right at that moment. The game changed, and he didn't realize it. The game got meaner and tougher, 
and he didn't realize it and so he didn't fight we were meant to be gentle yes I've been raised in the church my whole life I'm, I'm nice. I was ready to be nice, right? Gentle. But the Word of God says we're not only to be gentle, but we are to be sober as serpents, or some, some kind of reptile animal. <laughs> but we are to be gentle and sober. Gentle and sober. Gentle and sober. Now we've got a president who doesn't seem gentle, but that's what it takes right now where we're at in our nation. It takes that. So we're grateful for that because we suddenly realized the game had changed and we were behind and the enemy can come in at those times and take and get a foothold. And that's what he did. So now we've got to correlate that to our own lives where we're used to living a certain way. Okay, sober is like incredibly wise to be astute, have understanding. Like I can love you I can't look at you and say this. <laughs> okay. Like you can you can love people and be gentle with random people that are not in this room, but yet know that they could probably stab you in the back tomorrow and you gotta be prepared for that. And you pour out your heart on people and all this stuff. But it's like Jesus poured out his very life but the bible says that he always understood what was in humanity he always understood what was there in us and so what what i want to focus on today is to be gentle and sober like like in here this isn't this isn't a war room it kind of is i guess if you want to go there but this is boot camp right? right out there's the real war Oh, there's the real war. Your everyday wake up, blurry vision, real war. Okay? This is where I tell you what the battle's going to be like. Okay? I tell you, this is the, this is the weapons that the enemy has, what he's going to do to you, what he's going to try to trip you up as. Pretend that you're in a, a trench, you trench warfare or tank warfare or whatever you're in you're in the middle of the pit and and your your enemy's after you but you you're just trying to love your enemy so we have to realize that the supernatural realm is a place where the enemy will try to target you so we have to understand what the enemy's weapons against us are and to understand what our weapons are against the enemy. So if you think of life as a battlefield and you think of the Word of God as a weapon, then we understand these, the things that he isn't teaching us are fluffy little things, but it's survival. It is life and death survival. These weapons that he, that Jesus taught us was not just poetry but it was life and death struggles real struggles so I come I just I like like Jesus I just I I two weeks ago this word that I'm preaching today came up in my spirit and I'm like Lord oh Lord we're not really prepared we're not taking these things seriously and I wouldn't be a very good teacher or preacher or any kind of leader if I didn't tell you what I saw ahead of us. And we've got to understand the weapons that we have and the power in the weapons that we have because we're going to be tried. We're going to be 
things are going to happen and we've got to know how to fight with the weapons he gave us just like a soldier in the field a warrior in the field he isn't given a rifle and not trained to use it he knows how to clean it he knows how to arm it he has given a weapon and he's taught and so I'm here to say these are the things that we have to re-examine you know I've been in the church near since birth Pertinier, for some of you, is English. It means just about. Okay? So we have to think like soldiers. We have to, we have to understand when we're, in this, we're, when we're out in the, the battlefield, we've got to think like a soldier and not get caught up into other things. A soldier does not take the time. He does not have time for unforgiveness. He can't afford it. He can't afford pride. He can't afford selfishness. Because a, a soldier on his own in the battlefield is probably going to die unless he's really brilliant. So we've got to have a whole army, all guys with us. Have you ever seen the camaraderie on, in, a, in a military unit? They, they never stop loving each other. Never. And it's because they've worked on the fact that we've got to work as a team. We're in, the, we're, we're in the pit fighting for our lives. So we are too. Years ago, years ago, like a million years ago, <laughs> I did something wrong. <laughs> no, I had, there was this person who had deeply, deeply, deeply offended me and wounded me greatly. And rightly so, I guess rightly, I don't know. Understandably so, that's a better word. Understandably so, I was upset. So I'm standing with this person and I am literally just, my words were punching, you know? And they're like, I'm sorry. <laughs> but I'm just like, zoom, 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 you know? And I see myself, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking I'm totally justified in what I'm doing right now. Right? Totally justified. And if I went on Oprah Winfrey, everybody would say, oh, you poor thing, you were wounded. Yeah, right. Okay? That's Oprah Winfrey, not the real world. <laughs> so I'm standing there and I am just ripping this person's head off. And suddenly in the spirit realm that the Lord has, like, he always teaches me, I see, like, pictures and movies in my head. I'm standing there. I'm in the motion. I'm doing this, right? And oh, I'm so good and justified. And, and suddenly I, I'm seeing this evil, wicked spirit standing right next to me. And he is going, and he's speaking the words, speaking, and he's pointing my finger like this. You know, that can be some of the hardest things to take. Someone used to do that to me all the time. I'm like, if they do that again, I'm going to rip their finger off. Don't be doing that to me. <laughs> okay, I'm standing there. I'm like this. Nah, nah. Sorry, Betty. You're in the middle of the room. I don't mean... I'm going to try... I'll hit the thermostat. <laughs> so I'm standing right here like this. And I see this spirit. And he's doing this. And then the, as soon as he does this or says something, I say it and I do it. I, I saw myself literally mimicking everything this spirit said. And I was hurting this person that I loved so bad. And I'm doing it. Me. I'm becoming a very useful tool to the enemy at that moment. So even though my per the person I was talking to had sinned, 
they had repented. By that time, they were all good with God and everything. Where am I at? Now, I'm not so good with God. I felt justified five seconds ago. Now I feel like an utter fool. Now I gotta do some hardcore repenting and apologizing. So that's where I'm coming from. I don't want us in the moment when the enemy tries us on something, I don't want us to fall for it. Because it's a trick. In Matthew 7, 12, it says, Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. All right, in that moment right there, when I was talking to my friend, I would have liked, if I had been in their spot, I would have liked them to have forgiven me and just loved me and not try to rip my head off. So we need to think about what we're investing when we're speaking. How would you like to be treated in the moment where you really need something good to happen to you? Amen? In Luke 6, 37, it says, Do not judge or you will... And you will not be judged. Do not judge others and you will not be judged. Do not condemn others or it will all come back. Oh, oh. (laughs) Tell me that's not really in the Bible. Do not judge or it will all come back against you. Forgive others and you will be forgiven. So we can be offended and we can go, go after someone and in the end... We're worse off than we were before. Now it's going to all come back on us. So we have to understand, this is war. Mm -hmm. This is war. Proverbs 4.23 says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. There are so many people who have had a plan that God has mapped out. Maybe they were 5 or 20 years old and God has prophesied, here's what I want you to do. Here's, oh, you're going to do so many great things. They had this super plan that God has destined for them. And somewhere on, oh, they've gotten like way off here and they're just like so far from where God wanted them to be by their choice. God's not, he's not, we're not robots and he's not going to force us to be blessed. Okay? He's just not. He's going to say, here's the path I want for you. Stick to this path. But we have to understand that the enemy wants to get us off that path. Right? He wants to get us. He does not want us to accomplish the plan. He, does, he wants our heart to be so heavy and full of chains and oppression and the lies of the enemy. He wants us to be a basket case. So our war isn't with... Our war is right here. We are to guard our heart for out of it, the course of our life is set. We have to guard our heart. Now we're walking, we're coming into some days where it's not going to be cherries and roses. And we've got to understand that so we can understand how to fight. And forgiveness is an atomic bomb to the enemy. It is an atomic bomb. We've got to take an aggressive stance fighting with forgiveness, not, not against it. This John 2.24, it says, Jesus did not... Oh, I already said that. I already said that part. <laughs> Should I say it again? John 2.24, says, Jesus not, did not entrust himself to man because he knew, he understood human nature. So we've all got to understand we have a human nature. Can we all just admit we're human? We've all messed up and we're going to mess up. I'm, I'm human. We are going to go through trauma. We're going to go through times where the enemy just pounds and pounds and wounds and pounds and wounds. And we've got to understand the bigger picture of what's going on. We have to understand that offense 
or the trauma that we went through? Is it worth losing the plan that God has for you? Is it worth losing the victory? So he knew what was in, in people's heart and he didn't trust it. So we have to understand the real war is in our own hearts. And if we, if we are always focused on the sins of other people and not on our own heart, I see this on Facebook all the time. You know, Facebook is like a microcosm something or other of humanity right there. And I see everybody like, they're like, oh, so-and-so did this. You know, when something happens, you know, like Trump does something or... A Democrat does something, or a preacher does something, or I don't know, actor does something. There's all there's you know people just go hog wild and they're just like blah blah blah. This is so bad. This is so bad. This is so bad. This is so bad. But at the same time, we have to recognize they're human. We're human. It could have been me. I could have done that to someone. I probably have done stuff, really bad stuff to people. You know, but if we're always focused on somebody else's sin, we have lost the battle for our own heart. Amen. The Bible says, "Doesn't don't guard everybody else's heart." We can speak truth to them, we can bring revelation, but it says to guard your heart. Your heart's the battlefield. Amen. So in Romans twelve nineteen, it says, "Do not take revenge, my dear friends." <laughs> Isn't that funny? I do that too. Oh, precious. Would you take the garbage out? That's what Jesus said. (laughs) Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. When we take revenge against someone who has wronged us, we usurp God's authority. That's a... Romans 12, 19. We usurp God's authority. And when we say we want to get revenge because somebody's done something to us, you know, the media, the media is a perfect example of this. They'll get on there and they'll say something someone else has done. Can I use Trump? Nobody will stone me if I say this. Trump did something, right? That's what they say. Then you find out, you watch the whole video, and it was nothing like what they portrayed. Nothing at all. But in the meantime, you got everybody jumping on board. And they're like, we're going to get even. We're going to get him. Kill him. We're going to protest. We're going to do all these crazy things. But what they're really saying when you say you want to get revenge, you're saying, I want to be more evil. Think about that. I want to be more evil than the person who wronged me. I want to be worse than them. Think about that. If all you can gain out of of some, a trial that you've gone through is just maintaining your own heart, being victorious in the, your own character, you've got a lot. That's huge. If we guard our own heart, if we go through hell and come out with, with feeling like we handled that relatively decent, no matter how we retreated, that's a big deal. That's huge. You're doing good. So we come out of things. But see what the enemy, the enemy says... Don't trust God to take revenge. Don't, don't trust him to handle this. Because you know, he's got a lot going on. Uh, you go ahead, you handle this. Here's what happens. The enemy throws things at you. Mean, hurtful things. Wrong things. He wants you to get mad and get engaged in evil. He's trying to get you. Why? Why? Why is he trying so hard to get us engaged in some battle of some kind 
because it's that path and that plan and that destiny God has for you. We all have stuff we're here for. We've accomplished things. We've got things to accomplish yet. He didn't want you to accomplish those things. So what he wants to do is he wants to be in your face to get you to come back with something and then you're engaged. Now what happened? If you're if you're walking along, you're doing the will of God, you're doing the will. Oh Jesus, you're wonderful. Thank you Jesus. And then somebody comes along and they're like, you're all of a sudden you're over here. What? What? Oh uh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> How dare you? And you know, and rightly so, but we're in war. So they shoot you. You know, that, that's kind of the nature of this situation here on earth. When you get to heaven, then you can be really rightly offended. If somebody sins against you in heaven, then well, that would be a problem. <laughs> okay, biblically that's not going to happen, okay? Don't worry. Don't let that go. Don't worry. So we need to have a strategy for victory over every attack that we come against. Romans 12, 17 through 21. It says, Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful. Do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, It's mine to avenge. I repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him drink. In so doing, you are heaping burning coals on his head. We do not overcome evil by evil, but we overcome evil with good. So we need to continue to do good in spite of evil. When we do that, when we can continue on our path, in spite of all this crazy thing that hell throws at us, we are overcomers. You are overcoming. You're not falling for the enemy's plans and agendas and all this stuff. You are overcoming. I'm going to go forward. I know what the enemy's trying to pull. And I, am, I don't like him. And I refuse to let him win over my heart and have me get offended. I'm going to be happy. I may have times when I get discouraged. I may have times when I feel defeated. But I am going to get back up. So we have to, we have to stay mindful, sober. Be gentle, loving, but sober. And, and realize the enemy is trying to set the agenda for our lives. And I refuse to let the enemy set the agenda for my life. Amen. I refuse it. Amen. I want to turn the game back on him. Amen. When he brings people that are mean to me, I just say, I love you. Okay? I want to say it. I want to do it. I hate the devil more than I want revenge on anybody that's hurt me. I want to hurt him and not them. He's my enemy. We have one enemy. And that's the real enemy. And he's playing games with people. And I want to stand. I, want, I, want, I just pray all the time. I say, let love prevail. Let love prevail. Let love prevail. And I'll tell you, sometimes I fight in my own heart. I, I remember things like this. I remember things, you know. And you know, you know that time when you wake up early in the morning? You're not fully awake. That's the time he likes to get at you. And he says things to you like, do you remember this? you remember that? you remember this? And before you know it, you're caught up in a trial waiting for their execution. <laughs> you're, oh, they don't deserve to live. And then all of a sudden you realize, what's going on here? No, I am not playing by your rules. And I say, here's what you got to do. 
I can't forgive. If you guys can forgive, you're better than me because I've never been able to forgive in my own self. I don't have what it takes. I immediately go to the Lord and I said, God, give me your love for this person. Give me your forgiveness for this person. I can't do it other ways. I've tried. And a lot of times you've got to do it over and over and over again. So you've got to go to God and you've got to say, give me your love. Give me your forgiveness. And my heart changes and my mind changes, okay? So we overcome evil with good, not more evil. We rescue our own humanity. We war and defend our own heart. We cling to what is good. We overcome the enemy's attack. We fight what's for our own hearts. <sighs> Praise God. I had, this, I had this relative years ago who... We, ha- we were just talking one day, and I said something. I meant it as a compliment. It came out of heart of love. God knows. But they took it as I was offended. They, they got offended because they felt I was um, insulting them in some way. Insulting their ability to decorate their house. That was what it all was about. And they never missed an opportunity to insult my decorating after that. And I'm just like, at first, at first I didn't understand because I didn't know I had offended them. And, I, and they were insulting me, insulting me. For years this would go on. And after a while I figured out what it was. The Lord told me. He said, well, it was that moment when you said that you took it this way instead of this way. And I'm like, well, that's really stupid. And he's like. So for years I would listen to them insult my decorating, you know, passive aggression. So they would insult me. <laughs> And I would, I would just sort of stand there and just be like, I know why you're doing that. I didn't, I didn't do anything. But I, I literally this went for years. Years and years and years, okay? Then one day the Lord spoke to me. He says, I want you to go to them and I want you to tell them. Take them back to that moment years ago. And I want you to tell them what you really meant. So when I did that, all of a sudden they're like, all oh, these years I've been bitter about that all these years and that's what you meant like yeah that's what I meant because I really love you and I wanted to help and they totally understood it it brought reconciliation but in the meantime anytime they were around my family or around me my kids would hear them say this stuff my kids would be like why are they saying that I'm like they're saying that because of this you know trying to explain what's going on can you understand what a bad place that was for all those years that she was at what a bad place that was how often she thought about that and it's like it was over in a matter of a minute when I told her what I really meant just like that so we have to understand that little things like this can totally disrupt everything that God has intended and 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 destroy relationships that were meant to be a strength to us and a blessing to us. So what we have to do, we, have, we, have, we can't just be gentle like the Lord says. We have to be sober. We have to be vigilant. We have to understand our enemy. We have to understand the things that he's trying to do. And we have to go for the jugular. You want to know how to go to the jugular? This, the enemy's jugular, not, not, our, <laughs> not anybody's jugular. You want to go for the enemy? Like he hurt you. You want to go to the jugular? You know, like dogs do? They go for the jugular? Like, game's, game's over when you go for the jugular in doggy world. I'm telling you. So how we go for the jugular is Matthew 5, 44. It says, But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. What? <laughs> I, 
I, I said something like this on Facebook years ago when Obama was president and it was somebody who didn't like Obama and they're like, I'm not praying for him. And oh, they just went on and told me why they weren't going to pray for Obama. But I'm like, you don't understand. If you, if you think, okay, it's like if somebody's trying to kill you, you don't bless their gun. You don't bless their ability to murder you. That's not the point of praying for your enemies. If somebody's gonna, if somebody is trying to kill you, you pray for a different reality to come into their lives that they don't want to kill you, right? Okay, you bless them so that their life is blessed and changed, and they love the Lord, and then they'll stop trying to kill you, right? Is that a good idea? I think that's a great idea. That's going for the jugular. And, and what I, I have done this in my life. I have done this for my own heart and for my own life to be blessed. I want to be blessed. And, and nobody saying stuff to me and me holding on to things that have happened years and years ago is not worth me not being blessed favored of God. And if you're in a desperate place and you need the favor of God, then this is the best thing to do. Go after your enemies. Get, him in the, get the enemy in the jugular. How? You pray for your enemies. You bless your enemies. Here's, I'm going to make this really simple. It's like, I'll go to them, and usually, if somebody's offended, there's a spirit of offense. Or a spirit of unforgiveness. There's a sin there, there's a spirit there, somebody's messing with their lives, and I rebuke that. I take authority over that, and I rebuke it. I tell it to stop manifesting and be silent. So they don't speak to that person about me, right? And then I pray in the Spirit. That's my heavenly language, tongues, it's in the Bible. If you don't have tongues, you should talk to the Lord about that because it's really super, super powerful. That's what happened on the day of Pentecost. Fire on their head, tongues out of their mouth. Very important weapon for fighting in battle. So I pray in the Spirit. Because when you pray in the Spirit, it's a perfect prayer. Because you don't know what's really going on in their lives. So you're praying in the Spirit for them to be free from whatever's going on with them. And you're praying for your own heart as well. And you know, honestly, that's really what this is about. You know, a lot of people, they get hung up like, I don't want to do anything good for them. I don't want to do anything good. It's not necessarily, that's a byproduct. What's at stake here is this. My heart, my mind, guard your heart. So when I'm praying for somebody... I can't be crabbing about them, can I? When I'm praying for someone, it's guarding my own heart. It's keeping my heart in a right place. So, And we can speak blessings over them. We ask for God's forgiveness and His love. I've already talked to you about that. So like, people in my life that have wounded me really bad, and I, I don't talk about them. I don't talk well about them. I try not to just bring it up at all. Mm-hmm. So when you have someone in your life that's just like someone the enemy has sent to you to hurt you, to traumatize you, I, I start out with something like this. I'll say, Father God, make them a blessing wherever they go. Make them a blessing to me. Anytime they try, they think of something negative about me, I pray that you'd replace it with something positive. When you, when, um, I'll speak scripture over them. I will say, God has not given them a spirit of fear, but of love, peace, sound mind. And I'll confess that over them. I'll say, I pray that they would be a blessing to everyone in their life. Their children, their grandchildren, their, their workplace. You know, and some people don't want to be blessings. Pray for them to be, bless, be a blessing when they want to be negative. That's 
powerful. Do you see that? Some people do not want to be happy. So if you pray for them to be happy, that's a really great revenge on the devil. I'm telling you, you just took one of his best warriors out. So, so I'm praying, God, make them recognize the blessings that you've given them. Make them love you with their whole heart. Show yourself to them. Reveal yourself to them. Help them to understand what they're doing. That's a huge one. Help them to understand what they're doing. I pray, my biggest powerful prayer is to pray for the fear of God to go on people. If they're, if they're like really hardcore in a messed up place and they have no fear of God whatsoever. Fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. So when we ask for God to, to bring fear of God to them, it's all of a sudden like, oh, I can't kill people because it upsets God. Do you see what I'm saying? Okay, it's the fear of God. It's the foundation. It's not that we're afraid of God. If you, it's just like being afraid of a cop. You know, the only people that are afraid of cops are people that are criminals, right? If you're doing all right, you don't have to be afraid. Same with God. It's like to the shrewd, God is shrewd. To the pure, God is pure. So the fear of God, a lot of people don't understand it. It's, it's really a treasure. So I pray for that, for people that are cursing me or don't like me. And a lot of it I do out of just determination to be right with God in the best possible place I could be with God. I want to be blessed. And I don't want to miss out on nothing. And, and that, whatever happened, is not worth me not being blessed. Right? And I'm a mature child of God and I'm going to prove it. By doing the things that my Jesus did. Jesus did these things regularly on a regular basis. He blessed people. So I want to bless people. I want to go for the jugular. In Colossians 3.13 it says, Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievance you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. If you feel like it. If you broke up on the right side of the bed, you can do it, right? If, if God gives you a million dollars, will you do it? No. There was a period there. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. You know, it's like Jesus comes in. He's got like a big bear hug, right? And he's all like, come on, kids. I'm going to forgive you all. Yeah, you, just, you did. I don't even care what you did. Come on in here. I'm going to forgive you all. Big bear hug. Big bear hug. And in order to hold unforgiveness and offense in your heart, you've got to get out of that bear hug, and you've got to be over here, and you've got to be out from underneath the bear hug of God, and you've got to be doing all this stuff over here. Back in 1999, you stumped, you stumped on my foot. I still remember the pain of that thing. <laughs> goodness. Oh, my goodness. I have a Ph.D. in that. I grew up with <laughs> I did. I did. <laughs> My family was really good. If anybody can relate, please tell me. My family was really, really good about being like, no, it was on a Tuesday. No, it was on a Wednesday. I remember it was April 11th, Tuesday. We had lunch. I remember we had tuna fish. And then this was said to me. Okay? That's my family. They're in heaven now, so that's all good. But (laughs) I remember hearing these stories over and over. My grandpa... I talked to him so many times. So he's sitting there with this box of pictures at the dining room table. And he'd go and look picture after picture after picture. He's five. (laughs) He's five. He's 12. He's 20. 
And he's telling me, this person said this to me. Oh, my dad didn't listen. My sister tried to tell him. To, my, he shouldn't have married that woman. She said, did this and she did that. And I remember when they took my, he did have a tough life. I'm telling you, it was tough. I'm like, oh my goodness. You need to talk to HBO. <laughs> Sign up for a movie deal. <laughs> he was sold. He was, he was like rented out to other farmers to be a hired hand. In his teens and 20s, he had to leave school. He was rented out. The money would go back to his dad. He'd stay at these farms. They wouldn't feed him. He'd have to sleep in the barn. He was so thin. He'd get sick. They were mean, okay? He has reason. But now, he lived to 100 years old. And I would sit there with him. I said, Grandpa, you know what the Bible says? It says, if you don't forgive, you won't be forgiven. He said, you've got to let this go. Can you see how much God has blessed you when they tried to hurt you. Can you see? He had 26 grandkids. Pretty good looking ones too. He, they were all good kids. Not one of them was in jail for very long. He, he had a good family. His grandkids were good. His great grandkids were good. He was blessed. He had an amazing wife. My grandma was amazing. He was a blessed man, but all he could see was this box of pictures that happened when he was 13 and 5. That's sad. Count your misery one by one. Name them one by one. Spell their name correctly. Oh my goodness sake, let's move on. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. That's Sunday school. Count your blessings. I can count them for you. You're alive. She's alive. You love each other. You guys are got a great future ahead of you. You're going to be street preachers and save a lot of people. You guys have each other and you're alive. You're alive. I agree. You're just about through this tunnel, this cave. You're, you've made it. They tried to stop you. They would like to have you in jail. They would have liked to put you seven, six or seven feet under. You didn't let them do it. There's so many on and on and on and on and on. We can count our blessings. You know, we don't have to be. We don't have to be losers. If somebody comes at you and they try to wound you or stop you, that doesn't make you a loser. The only thing that makes you a loser is if you let them do it. If you let them stop you and sidetrack you from your destiny, then you're an overcomer. If you don't let them do it. Yeah, they tried. Devil tried. He tried. He tried his level best. But I'm still here. And I still love God. And I love you. I'm an overcomer. I want you to say with me, I am an overcomer. Say it again. I am an overcomer. He tried to kill you, but he missed. We don't have to be victims. The enemy wants to paint a picture of like, I did this to you, I did this to you, you're just a sorry little victim, I can do whatever, I can make this person hurt you, I can make that person, yeah, you can. You can do that. But you still ain't winning. Because I'm going to love them. And you know, here's, here's the, the one-two punch. He sends somebody to you to devastate your life. Pray for their salvation. He hates that. When you pray for their salvation, when you pray for the plans of God to be in their life, pray for their salvation. It's hard. I'm not saying it's not hard. It's not difficult. It is very difficult. But if you really want to hurt the person who really did hurt you, if you really want to have victory over the enemy, 
pray for their salvation. Gets your heart in a, an amazing place and God says, yep, that's my baby girl. That's my boy. They're praying for their enemy's salvation because they're mine and they love me so much. This is powerful stuff. Two weeks ago that God put this on my heart and I'm like, well, I'm not doing right by them if I don't tell them this stuff because this is what I do. I survive doing this. I survived a lot of stuff doing this. I've been in the church for 50 years. For 50 years, I've seen a lot of stuff go on. A lot of stuff happen to me. Life is what it is. You get mad, you get upset. When somebody dies, you grieve. You mourn. But you don't live in that place of grief and mourning. You, you get through that. By the grace of God, you, you get through that. And it's just like when trauma comes... You, you, you come out, you come out. We're not demanding that you never feel bad. That's stupid. You're going to feel bad. It's going to come at you. You're going to cry. It's going to hurt. It's war. And you're a weapon. The enemy is terrified. He's going to hit you to stop you. But he can't stop you if you don't give up. If you stand up and say, I'm still going I still have air in my lungs. I'm still going. I'm still loving him. I'm still serving him. I want you to say with me, I am not a victim. I am, I am not, not a victim. victim. I refuse to be a victim. I refuse to be a victim. I will be no one's victim. I will be no one's victim. I will be a victor. I will be a victor. They are not going to stop me. They are not going to stop me. The plans they had. The plans they had will fail. Will fail. Because I'm a warrior. Because I'm a warrior. Of heaven. Of heaven. Not of this earth. Not of this earth. In Jesus' name. Jesus' Now, you know, a lot of times words have so much power, but I'm not going to preach that message right now, but I'm just going to say, if you ever feel beat up, just go to your mirror and say, You are good. God loves you. You're beloved. Everywhere you go, people love you. Everywhere you go, people appreciate you, okay? Because the enemy has a lot of people speaking negative words about us. We've got to speak. You don't want to speak what the enemy is speaking. You want to speak that powerful word on yourself and be blessed with that, okay? And, and, and our, our future isn't in anyone else's hands. It's in God's hands. We can't expect anything out of them. We expect it out of God. Father God, I just thank you for this amazing, precious, powerful group of people. I pray that you would multiply your blessings on them, make them overcomers and victorious. I pray they'd forgive when they need to. I pray they would lay all bitterness down when they need to. I pray that they would stand and rejoice and be happy in you and the love that you gave them. I pray that we would all put the past behind us and be determined in our heart we're going to go forward. We're going to go forward. In Jesus' mighty name, we are going to go forward. In Jesus' mighty name, we will be overcomers. And we will overcome evil with good. In Jesus' mighty name, we all said, Amen.